Ah finally I get to reveal the truth about this game. After all the negativity and all the incessant whining from Japanese fans over a pair of underwear, we can finally get down to business. Star Ocean 5 is indeed the return of Tri-Ace and Square Enix's relationship and I can say with confidence that it doesn't disappoint. As a fan of Tri-Ace, I commend this game for its efforts to bring the JRPG genre back to life. Now with all that considered, let's get straight to it. Star Ocean 5 is basically a giant floating blob of fan service to all Star Ocean fans, this can be interpreted both positively and negatively but I see it in a positive light. There are tons of throwbacks here and there and you can see that the devs are trying hard to bring that Star Ocean magic back into the series. Welch returns to cause some more mischief. However things could seem a little too familiar, many of the enemy designs resemble past Star Ocean games and also many of the music is reused from previous Star Ocean games. Personally this didn't bother me so much as I like to listen to old Star Ocean music. The enemy designs didn't bother me much either, it merely helped maintain that Star Ocean feeling. Another thing you will notice very quickly is that many of the moves from previous Star Ocean games return. Pretty much every attack in the game is reused from older Star Ocean titles. This isn't exactly a bad thing since the Tales series does exactly the same. And several attacks look slightly different from they used to. Greater than Star Ocean 5 is basically a giant floating blob of fanservice to all Star Ocean fans. That aside, let's get into the bulk of the game. The story is in Japanese so I didn't understand a word of it, the cast of characters are quite different this time round. Many of them are highly experienced combat veterans which is a nice change from the usual teenage kid saves the world having had zero combat experience, I'm looking at you fate line god, and it really gives the cast a strong feeling of importance as if they belong in the story as opposed to being put there due to circumstances in the plot. The story revolves around planet fake read, a single planet. I can see why they went with this though and I believe the plot is the main reason why. The game starts off almost immediately in a conflict which expands over the course of the game, the game revolves around this conflict and as such it's befitting that the story revolves around a single planet for that reason. As a result, the scale of the game's storyline is a lot smaller than Star Ocean till the end of time but the execution is done rather well. Who ate the last piece of my pie? Was it you? This brings me to the seamless cutscenes. This is where a double-edged sword comes into play. On the plus side, the cutscenes blend in really well with the gameplay rather than taking you out of the gameplay experience in a way many traditional cutscenes do. On the negative side, due to the third-person perspective of Fidel it can be difficult to position the camera in a way that lets you focus in on the cutscene. In other words it's trying to create a half-life effect by essentially putting the player into Fidel's shoes and watching the story from his perspective rather than watching a traditional cinematic cutscene where the player feels detached. As such, the seamless cutscenes are somewhat of an acquired taste. As you go through the game you grow to appreciate their significance more once they start playing around with new ideas. The game likes to throw them at you quite often and during these scenes you can walk around so long as you stay in the designated area. However there is a new emotes feature you can make use of which is a nifty novelty. The devs obviously intended for the players to make their own fun with the cutscenes and offered tools to do it with. The question is, is it enough to keep the player's interest? The answer is simply. It depends. Whilst many of us appreciate the flashy CGI cutscenes, those that don't can usually skip them. The biggest problem with the seamless cutscenes is the inability to skip them. This can be troublesome at certain points but for the most part they aren't long drawn out and if for some reason you're getting bored watching them, you can force Fidel to do all sorts of nonsense to keep you amused. Personally I had a lot of fun with the emote system but considering the fact that Star Ocean 5 isn't an MMORPG it could be considered to be somewhat out of place. Then again we are talking about Star Ocean Wink Wink. 
Another thing that sort of feels very MMO-esque is the questing system. Like the seamless cutscenes, these side quests have both positive and negative implications. The obvious negative implication being the fact that questing can be kinda bland. On the other hand the bulletin board keeps everything together in its respective area which cuts out all the monotonous running around town in search of quest givers or trying to find that particular NPC you need to give that item to. There's so much content in this game that you'll never be bored. One thing that may bother people is that many of the content acquired throughout the game is locked behind side quests. This includes skill books which are used to learn new battle skills and item creation professions. As a result you will have to spend a lot of time backtracking to different areas fighting miniboss encounters and finding certain items to obtain new skills and abilities. So to get the most out of Star Ocean 5, you will have to spend a considerable amount of time doing side quests and backtracking. Then again, Star Ocean has always features a lot of backtracking through its private action system. Speaking of which, private actions return but this time they are a lot easier to access. To access private actions, you merely need to approach a whistle icon in town where your party splits up and by approaching that party member, you trigger that private action. You no longer need to leave town or use a guide to find private actions though you may still want to use a guide to get certain character endings. I personally tried everything in my power to get any ending besides Mickey's, needless to say, I failed and ended up paired up with my least favorite character, looks like the Japanese language barrier trumped me that time. Miki appears to get very excited when you trigger her PAs, shame I don't feel the same way. In addition to traditional private actions, certain private actions trigger on the road, kinda like skits in the Tales series only this time you don't have to trigger them and watch a bunch of character portraits chatting amongst themselves. Instead the private action plays out as you are moving, kinda like seamless cutscenes but you are free to move and even battle during them. Obviously battle will cancel them out. As such you can enjoy these PAs at your own pace and if you so wish you can take a break from exploring to see their expressions. Item creation is back and is better than ever. Star Ocean 5 has in my opinion the best item creation in the series. Whilst it mostly sticks to Star Ocean 4's item creation at first, over the course of the game you will unlock the classic Star Ocean 1 and 2's item creation. With a twist. As such you get the best of both worlds here. The regular item creation is just like Star Ocean 4's only this time you no longer have to visit Welch every time and can perform item creation straight from the menu which is handy. Also you don't have to spend SP on invention or find recipes anymore, rather you learn new items by simply making them. At first all the items are hidden behind question marks so you don't know what you're getting but once you unlock it will reveal what it is and you can make more of it should you wish at any time. Like Star Ocean 4, Item creation requires you to gather certain components and use them to create a single item. Over the course of the game however you are able to unlock a new item creation system called item synthesis. Item synthesis, not to be confused with synthesis from 3 and 4, is basically Star Ocean 1 and 2's item creation where you put items into a pot and get a new one out. This time however you can use just about any item you please and you use up to a combination of 6 items from your inventory. You can have them randomly picked for you or you can choose them manually. Once you've selected your items, you can throw them into a pot, or in this case a bunny, to obtain a new item. However be careful not to throw important items in as they may be lost forever and you never know what you're gonna get, it's completely random depending on the items you use. The synthesis system is fun to experiment with and you may end up getting an item that you can use in regular item creation to create the item you wanted. If you're lucky, you may also get a new piece of equipment that is better than the one you had before. Of course you will get duds a lot of the time but that's the risk you take when you perform synthesis. Up to 6 items can be placed in the pot. Choose wisely. Equipment synthesis, now known as augmentation, 
his back also but is split up between multiple skills, one for weapons and armor, another for accessories. Like Star Ocean 4 you can apply factors to your equipment using any item in your inventory or combine certain items together to create a new and improved one. The system is very much the same as previous titles and whilst it may be nothing we haven't seen before, it's still refreshing that they brought it back in all its glory. As such there are many customization options for equipment available to you. Visually, the game is fantastic. Whilst the overall aesthetic style is inherited from Star Ocean 4, there have been some huge improvements made. For starters, the first thing I noticed in the game was how impressive the game's draw distance was. Whereas Star Ocean 4 tries to cover up a lot of its empty backdrops with white fog and clouds, Star Ocean 5 adds more detail to the game's environments making them more vast and as such as contributes towards improving the game world's sense of scale. Considering the fact that the majority of the game takes place on one planet though and there aren't too many areas on that planet, the game's world isn't as large as the visuals would lead us to believe. However, each location is very detailed. I found it quite odd that the desert area had constant rain though. Isn't a desert supposed to be piping hot and dry? The character designs have been outsourced and are designed by freelance artist Akira Yasuda, who is recognized for his work on the Street Fighter games and they look great. The main character, Fidel is probably the best designed protagonist I've seen in a while in terms of visual appeal. Victor looks pretty rad too. The character models are a mixed bag though, some of them are great, others are a bit off. Emerson's head looks a tad too small outside of the CGI's and Miki. Well she looks odd in general. Fidel still looks fine though as does Fiore. Overall I'd say the visuals are pretty impressive, at least compared with most other JRPGs these days. I think they made a good decision to keep the choice of art style colorful and vibrant rather than trying to make it look realistic. It really gives it that Star Ocean flair. In addition, unlike Star Ocean 4, the characters don't look like weird dolls anymore, aside from perhaps Miki. Visuals aside, let's talk about the combat. Tri-Ace made the huge mistake of returning to Star Ocean till the end of time's horribly archaic battle system. Thankfully that's the only word I could possibly use to describe the battle system of Star Ocean 5. It's not all doom and gloom though, there has been some improvements. Now in case you don't know, Star Ocean till the end of time's combat was abysmal. With a horrible CP cap, difficulty spikes aplenty and of course the dreaded MP death along with the HP cost for special attacks, Star Ocean till the end of time gave me an experience best forgotten, gameplay-wise at least. Star Ocean 5 attempts to fix the system and it uses many simple yet effective methods in an attempt to do so. One method is to simply allow normal attacks to cancel into normal attacks. This way you aren't stuck with only special cancels. This adds a little more depth to the gameplay as certain specials are long drawn out and you may wish to use a faster normal attack instead, especially if you think the enemy is about to attack you. Another improvement is the balancing of the characters. No more useless characters like Adre or Mirage, every character is useful this time round. In fact I found myself switching between characters a lot and thankfully due to the game's guard system, this worked like a charm. What is the guard system you ask? Remember the fury gauge in Star Ocean 3 which let you guard attacks when it was at its max? Well that awful feature was scrapped and replaced by simply adding a manual guard function. This allows you to block weak attacks and almost all magic attacks which is pretty nifty if you ask me. Once you have guarded an attack you can unleash a guard counter by letting go of the guard button right after being hit. There is a reasonable time frame but you have to let go of the guard button almost immediately. It does take a while to get used to but once you do it becomes a really fun mechanic and adds a fun new approach to battles. Rather than playing 100% aggressively like in previous Star Ocean games, you can now experience a more defensive style of play. 
While Star Ocean 4's blindsides were cool and rewarding, they were rather easy to pull off as you could pull off a blindside before an enemy could get a chance to hit you. In Star Ocean 5 however, guarding requires a lot more precision. You see by holding down the guard button, you can maintain a guard for as long as you want. However the enemy will usually read this as an opportunity to hit you with a strong attack. If you are hit with a strong attack whilst guarding your guard breaks and you lose a portion of your reserve gauge. So it's important to read your opponent carefully and guard their attacks only when necessary. Enemies with blue auras around them are often preparing to attack you with a strong attack so be sure to move out of the way if you see one coming your way. The reserve gauge is essentially the replacement of the bonus board. However, like in Star Ocean 3 it is a bar this time round. The reserve gauge is accumulated simply by attacking enemies. However it is depleted if you get guard countered or code. It may also be depleted if you are attacked during an attack animation. Accumulating additional reserve rewards you with bonus experience, SP and fall. Once the reserve gauge fills up one of its bars you are able to unleash a special reserve rush attack. These attacks are basically the Star Ocean equivalent of Valkyrie profile soul crushes and deal devastating damage to enemies, aside from Mickey's which heals the entire party. It's cool that they implemented this feature as I always love the soul crushes in Valkyrie profile and it's nice to see a similar concept used in Star Ocean. Like in most JRPGs, it's important to give the character an extravagant pose before using their ultimate attack. Just so you know that shit is about to get real. Unlike Valkyrie profile however, reserve rush attacks don't show up on a separate screen. Instead they blend into the rest of the battle allowing you to keep the fight going as the reserve rush piles damage into the enemy. As such you could say that reserve rushes are the polar opposite of rush combos from Star Ocean 4 as instead of simply showcasing regular attacks on a separate screen, you are able to use unique attacks on the same screen. The biggest change however is the fact that you control 6 party members in battle and as such you can swap between all of them to make unique combos. I personally didn't have a main character this time round. Instead I cycled between characters and used each one periodically. I mostly stuck with the 3 dudes, Fidel, Victor and Emerson though I occasionally swapped to the ladies for some support when needed. This brings me to another issue that was fixed from Star Ocean 3. Usually when you switched characters, the character would run up to the enemy in order to perform an attack. This could not be cancelled out. In Star Ocean 5 however it is possible to cancel this run up through guarding which cancels out the attack completely. This is extremely handy and can be a lifesaver at some points. Another improvement is the removal of boss staggering. Though this could be considered a negative. Bosses will no longer be interrupted by attacks. However, with proper usage of the guard mechanic, it's not likely that they will be able to hit you with a quick attack unless you let them but this is where the strategy comes in. You have to be able to read what the enemy is about to do. As for weak attacks, they aren't used to interrupt bosses, rather they are used to exploit short counter windows. Strong attacks are used for the same purpose as always, to break down shields. As such, dodging and positioning yourself is very important, and you can use it in conjunction with weak attacks for some quick hits. This means that you can no longer stagger lock bosses which was an issue that plagued the rest of the series. Now you have to think a bit more and use counter windows to your advantage. On the plus side, this feature only serves to make cancel bonuses all the more rewarding. If you can get a 200% cancel bonus on a boss without getting hit, good job but it's not that easy. In Star Ocean 3, you could get cancel bonuses easy, all you needed to do was button mash and spam. In Star Ocean 5 however you have to be more calculated as enemies can hit you mid-combo which causes your reserve gauge to decrease so you have to be careful with how often you stack attacks and wait for a counter window. 
As a result there is a lot more thought process behind Star Ocean 5 compared with the rest of the series, even with the game's rush mode, Star Ocean 4 still had the ever-exploitable staggering but only for a certain period of time. However when an enemy entered rush mode you would simply run away from it until its rush gauge depleted then you would wail on it again which was kind of an exploit since the rush gauge was somewhat flawed even if it was a better concept than Star Ocean 3's fury system. So Star Ocean 5 manages to do a lot of things right with its battle system despite its limitations, so much so that many of its shortcomings are outweighed by the good parts. Needless to say however, the combat system remains somewhat archaic to a degree considering the fact that we're still using MP for specials, well at least it's not HP like in Star Ocean 3, rather than AC like in the Tail series. In other words, the Star Ocean series has a bit of catching up to do to keep up with this generation's standards. All that aside however, the combat is still just as fun as the rest of the series, you could even consider it to be the best in the series. I would personally mark it on par with Star Ocean 4's battle system. I think any Star Ocean fan will find enjoyment out of this system. If you can have fun by simply replaying old Star Ocean games, you will have so much fun with this game, especially if you enjoyed Star Ocean till the end of time. Now I want to touch on seamless battles a little bit. When you get into a battle, there are no transitions. Instead you are given the option to either attack or block to initiate a battle. If an enemy hits you, you will get surprised and the battle starts so you must be careful as you approach enemies and make sure you get the first move. Once the battle starts, a red ring appears around the field, running into that ring allows you to escape battles but there's a timer. One thing that could be considered a minor annoyance is that when playing characters other than Fidel, they may end up outside the ring at the start of the fight, setting off the escape counter. It's only a minor gripe though and if you do run away you merely have to wait some time to reinitiate the battle so it's all good. When the battle ends a result screen appears in the top right of the screen and you are immediately free to move. There is no fade out or loading screens in between battles, they start almost immediately. Certain battles may even take you off guard at some points as they are blended in with the seamless cutscenes. Certain battles will give you specific objectives where you have to protect someone as well and as such, battles can get quite difficult later on in the game. In addition you may occasionally be accompanied by guest characters who will help you in battle. This brings me to what is quite possibly my favorite feature in the game, War Battles. War battles are a somewhat frequent occurrence where large-scale battles take place in a designated location. During war battles you can freely move around the map as the battles are waged and can engage into battle simply by getting in range of the enemies and instigating them by using either the guard or attack button. In other words there are several battles going on at once and you are accompanied with NPC soldiers to assist you, very much like the Siege of Castle proven in Infinite Undiscovery only on a much broader scale. These battles are quite the spectacle and really show off what the game's seamlessness is capable of as it makes the battles feel more exciting. Another new feature is the role system, this allows players to not only provide certain bonuses but it also allows players to alter the character's AI behavior in battle. As such the AI is vastly improved from Star Ocean till the end of time and no longer will you have to put all characters on manual control due to the fact that the AI likes to recklessly charge towards an enemy. One of the things that annoyed me the most with Star Ocean till the end of time was the simple fact that Sophia's AI had to be one of the worst healer AI I have ever had the displeasure of witnessing in a JRPG. There are five categories for roles. One for offensive, one for defensive, one for healing and one for support. The final category is just for stat boosts among other things that do not affect your character's AI. Roles can be used for more than simply changing the AI behavior, Certain roles have specific abilities that apply certain effects to the characters in battle. These effects can be pretty dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. 
Certain roles offer great benefits but can impair the character's judgment which makes their AI less effective, other roles encourage the AI to do specific actions which may or may not be helpful. Other roles such as altruist exchanges all EXP gains with SP gains which can be problematic if you somehow forget that it was equipped and start wondering why your characters are gaining zero EXP, this happened to me before. Put simply, roles in Star Ocean 5 are like seal stones in Valkyrie Profile 2 taken to a whole new level of dangerous. Now as I mentioned before, the music of this game includes tracks from Star Ocean 3 and 4, if you haven't played those games I urge you to give them a try, even though Star Ocean 3's gameplay is god-awful, it's worth it for the story. The music from those games are as good as ever and with the exception of a few tracks, the majority of the tracks tie in well with the game. As for the new tracks, Motoi Sakuraba has put a lot of work into developing new ideas for his future projects as shown in Exist Archive. The soundtrack of Star Ocean 5 is a little bit more familiar though and really gives off that Star Ocean feeling. You'll realize very quickly that the music maintains this series the standard of quality the series is known for and while there isn't as much of it as we expected, Sakuraba is a pretty busy guy these days, seriously they should get Noriyuki Iwadair to work with him as he did the music for Radiator Stories and the legendary Grandia too, the music we got is top-notch. You can feel the effort that was put into the music and you can also feel the struggle that Sakuraba has gone through to make the soundtrack as good as it can be. I think by now, music composition has become more of a challenge than ever for Sakuraba as he has a lot of reputation behind him that he needs to maintain and this means experimenting with new ideas and new approaches. It's amazing how the soundtrack manages to remain so familiar but feel so different at the same time. The mixture of violin, brass and alluring techno is the style Motoi Sakuraba went with for this game. The brass often stands out as being somewhat overpowering whereas the violin is very technical. The techno really brings out the sci-fi effect, especially when accompanied with the brass. As will all Tri-Ace games, there's a bonus dungeon at the end and like the other games in the series there are two more unlockable difficulty levels for completing the game. The game itself is rather short but doesn't outlive its welcome. There are several diversions available throughout the story such as the cathedral, the replacement for the series more conventional arena, which pits you against a gauntlet of enemies and finally a boss to obtain a reward at the end. There are also of course plenty of side quests to do via the bulletin board and private actions. As a result you'll generally spend around 40 hours or so which isn't bad by any means. Those intent on rushing through the main story may be disappointed by the game's length. I'd say the main story is on par with that of Infinite Undiscovery's main story in terms of play time so if you don't mind a short JRPG, you should be satisfied with what this game has to offer. I for one am glad the game was short as it meant that I could get to this review a lot quicker. Still I took my time and played through around 37 hours worth doing side quests and stuff and had a lot of fun doing so, so much so that I was getting a bit lax on my analysis ha ha ha. It is a long time since I've enjoyed a proper Star Ocean game, I wanted to make the most of it and I got what I came for. So if you're wondering whether or not Star Ocean integrity and faithlessness is for you, it all depends on what you're looking for in a JRPG. Are you looking for a long adventure with lots of filler? You won't find it here. If you're looking for a game that's short but sweet and intend to play through some of the game's side content, i definitely recommend this game to you. In other words, Star Ocean Integrity and Faithlessness is the opposite of Exist Archive in the sense that rather than trying to shove as much filler into the game as possible, it aims to bring top quality content in small quantities to keep the budget costs down and while it may not be completely devoid of filler, I find that the seamless combat speeds up the process well enough to keep players engaged. As such I believe they made the right decision with this game and though many will disagree with me, 
I think that Star Ocean 5 is an enjoyable experience that didn't get enough time to fully blossom but is definitely on the right track. I can see a potential for a Star Ocean 6 in the making. So if the game seems up your alley, I highly recommend giving this game a go. As long as you don't set your expectations too high, you will enjoy this game a lot. Dash dash dash. Plot slash story, satisfactory. Visuals, exceptional. Music, great. Gameplay, great. Lifespan, quite short. Difficulty, easy. Worth replaying? Yes. Dash dash dash. Overall score, great. Dash dash dash. For more about Star Ocean 5 story click here warning, maybe small gameplay related spoilers. Value, pound 40.00 plus.